G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our two guests come from what are known as the Conquerors. Now, the Conquerors are a team of athletes who use displays of strength to captivate audiences worldwide and deliver the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Well, in a day when elite athletes and Uh, unbelievable strength are a major part of Western culture. It's an understandable thing that when an audience sees strong men and women performing amazing feats of strength, it brings them to their feet. Now, these guys exist to advance the kingdom of heaven on earth. And so two guests to introduce us to today, Mike Benson, whose nickname is Brickhouse. Welcome along, Mike. Thank you. And Yago Williams, whose nickname is Bats or Batman. Hello, Yago. Welcome along. Thanks for having me. Well, welcome to Australia. You've been here for just a few days, and I know that the jet lag is uh, is still uh, in your system. <laughs> so for you guys from the United States, this is like early evening for you, so it's like dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mike, just as we get underway, on a light note, it is dinner time. Are you feeling a little hungry right now? Yeah. Um, usually every two or three hours, I'm... Ready to eat a meal. <laughs> okay. Well, there might be some listeners who might like to uh, uh, to talk about uh, eating and strength yeah. uh, as we go. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Uh, Mike, Brick House, where does that nickname come from? Well, that just comes from my size because I'm uh, 5 foot 11 inches tall. I don't know what that translates in meters or centimeters or anything. Yep. And I weigh... Uh, 295 pounds, about 150-some-odd kilos. Yep. And so they say I'm built like a brick house. They say I can lift a brick house. And they say I can eat everything in a brick house. <laughs> okay. All right, Yago, uh, give us a quick description of yourself uh, for listeners as we get into our conversation today. Uh, I'm a little bit taller than Mike, not quite as as large. Um but my uh, my nickname is is Batman because uh, I break American baseball bats behind my back. Okay, now are these American baseball bats that you buy off the shelf at the sports store? Right off the shelf. So these are not special bats and specially treated, <laughs> or they're not made of balsa wood. They're real no, baseball they're real, bats, real and baseball uh, bat. and uh, and you do that on stage. Yep. Uh, describe for us how that happens, because uh, when I mentioned earlier, you break the bat. I think you have it across your back. Is that the way yes. you do it? Describe for us uh, how you do that. Okay. So there's a couple ways to break baseball bats in our line of work. Um, sometimes you will uh, set the bat over top of your thigh and a hand on each end of the baseball bat, and you just push down until the bat snaps. Uh, what I do is I, I place the baseball bat right behind my back uh, so that I can wrap my arms around both ends of the bat, and I pull it against my spine until it snaps. Okay. Well... People who are seeing the team at work 
we'll have an opportunity to see that happen. Uh, we are going to have a, a feat of strength in the studio today, and so uh, for those listeners who have your Facebook handy, you'll be able to watch a Facebook live stream coming up very shortly when we're going to have a feat of strength happening here in the studio. And if I give a, a little bit of a, uh, a preview to what will happen, uh, we've got a feat of strength. Uh, most of us are familiar with the fact that you have a fry pan uh, in your kitchen. Uh, but these guys do something with a fry pan that we don't typically do. Most of us are cooking bacon and eggs or something like that in our fry pan. Uh, Mike, what are you going to do with the fry pan very shortly? Well, with the fry pan... Or what's um, Yago going to do? It, it, yeah, yeah. What's Yago going to do? Um, we... we uh we jokingly have a food theme, and we usually ask audiences, you know, who likes Mexican food? And uh, we got a frying pan, and we say, we're not going to cook anything with this, but uh, we're going to take it in our hands, and we're going to attempt to roll it up into the shape of a burrito or a taco or something south of the border. Uh, so that's what's going to happen. Okay, and we're going to uh, live stream that on Facebook. That'll be happening very shortly, rolling up a fry pan into the shape of a burrito. Uh, Yago, let's talk a little bit about what you guys do. There's a team. It's not just the two of you, but there's uh, something like eight or ten on the team. Tell me about the team that are part of the Conquerors. Sure. Uh, the Conquerors made up about nine teammates uh, uh, total. And what we do, we go all over the world telling people about Jesus, but we also do motivational speaking uh, in our um the carrot in front of the horse is the the um the actual feats of strength. So there's brick breaking, phone book ripping, baseball bat snapping. Um, but all of the teammates have uh, either an extensive or at least a novice level of of athletics in their background. Uh, so so we um we definitely try to use uh, somebody's uh, specific giftings to. Uh, to maximize where where their potential is on the team. So we have some people that are really gifted at speaking, some people that are really gifted at serving, some people that are really gifted at organizing things. So so every uh, teammate has a specific uh, role that they're able to uh, excel at in uh, within the team. So it's a matter of everyone has a gift. Yep. Everyone has a story. And uh, everyone contributes in the team in some way that just brings out an opportunity that, that attracts the attention of an audience in such a way that prepares their hearts uh, to be able to hear some of the testimonies that are shared when you actually get up on stage. Uh, Mike, one of the testimonies, no doubt, is the testimony that you'll share uh, you're also the author of a book. It's uh, your autobiography. It's Mike Benson, More Than a Conqueror. Uh, you tell your story in the book. Uh, in a nutshell, we'll come back to it and we'll enlarge a little more. But uh, for listeners now, as we get into our conversation, uh, tell us uh, just generally about your story. Well, um, I spent uh, 11 years in prison. I did it uh, five years in my first stint, and then uh, I did six years the second stint. I was uh, addicted to drugs, alcohol, had a very uh, dysfunctional family background, and uh, the first time I went into prison, I didn't learn anything. Uh, I didn't know God. I knew a lot about him. Uh, I was raised in a religious environment, and uh, the second time I went down, I was at the bottom, you know, at the end of myself, and I gave my heart to Christ, and uh, six years later... I was released from prison with a calling of God on my life. 
And one of the greatest decisions I made was marrying my wife, Stephanie. That was probably one of the greatest decisions. Eight months, eight months after I was released. And then uh, three years after I was released, I went into full-time ministry. It's an amazing story. And you didn't share the crime that you were doing the time for. But you had actually been involved in the robbery of a bank. Uh, recount for us uh, that crime and how you got to be uh, convicted of that crime and then doing that uh, that time in prison. I was uh, I was about 16 years old. I was strung out on drugs. I think me and a friend of mine had just came at the end of a three-day uh, binge on cocaine, drinking alcohol, and we just wanted to get out of our environment and we just uh, we just wanted to get away, so we, we came up with the idea of robbing a bank. And uh, so we got some rifles, and we went to the bank, and we ran in there and held the place up and had uh, nylons over our heads, you know, everything that you see on the movies. We got away, got the money. We were in the bank less than two minutes, got in there, drove away, um, made it to the airport, and we were on a plane heading out to head to Florida, and they turned the plane around um, because of, quote-unquote, mechanical difficulties. And when we got off the plane, the FBI and the state police were waiting for us, and we were arrested. When you're 16 years old and you decide to rob a bank, uh, that is because you've seen some bank robberies on the movies. Uh, mm-hmm. You probably haven't thought things through very carefully. And uh, and there was a problem with your plan. Th- something went wrong there and you ended up being convicted of this crime, spending time in jail. Was it while you were in jail that you found Christ or was it after you'd done that time? Well, um, I was a juvenile at the time, and in the American judicial system, if you're a minor, you go to a juvenile facility. They have been getting tough on the laws, and one of the laws that they had a new automatic waiver statute was uh, bank robbery. If you got convicted of any armed robbery, you could be waived to adult court. So I was sentenced to the adult prison system, and uh, my first five years in prison, uh, I didn't... I didn't grow that much. I mean, I got bigger physically, obviously, and finished my education, did all that. But my character never grew, and uh, I never um, never had any spiritual life. You know, like I said before, I was raised, and I knew a lot about God. And uh, But the first five years that I was incarcerated, I didn't, I didn't know him. I didn't have a relationship. I had a couple experiences with some men in prison who were key to my salvation experience down the road. Um, they witnessed to me. They, uh, they'd tell me things like, Mike, don't you know God's got a plan for your life? He created you for a purpose. And um, those words uh, were seeds that were planted in my soul, and they came to fruition quite a number of years later. Was it in prison when you started doing uh, bodybuilding, weightlifting? It is the image that uh, I often uh, think of, you know, when you've got time on your hands and there's gymnasiums available and the idea of pumping iron. Uh, is that something that happened to you while you were in prison? I've always been fascinated with uh, physical strength and prowess. Uh, I've got my first set of weights when I was nine years old. And uh, so I, I've always... Uh, I've always been fascinated by bodybuilders, and so I've been working out since I was 
a little kid. I took it, yeah, but I, I did take it very serious when I got to prison um, because not just for recreational and to, I had goals, but also kept you safe in there because the bigger you were, the less problems you had. Mm-hmm. Yago, if we talk about your uh, bodybuilding background, and uh, seriously, as we are sitting here in the studio, uh, Mike Benson's nickname Brick House because... He looks like a brick house sitting here in the studio. And uh, Iago, uh, you said you're a little bit smaller than Mike. I'm not sure about that. I mean, those <laughs> shoulders, uh, the width across those shoulders, pretty fantastic. Tell us about your bodybuilding uh, career and uh, how you got to be at a point where people call you Batman because you break those bats across your back. Sure. Um, well, uh, I never uh, participated in any sports I was always too small. I I graduated out of high school at uh, fifty kilos, somewhere around there. Not quite, not quite a hundred pounds. You were like a skinny kid. Yeah, <laughs> very skinny kid. And uh, so I always got picked on and and uh, beat up and made fun of a lot. And it wasn't until uh, I got to college that I had uh, two friends that that actually took me into a gym, and I I began to work out. And uh, and eat and work out and eat and things like that. So then I just kind of like uh, would pick the brains of people, or I mean, um, what's a what's a better way? Get a lot of knowledge from from people that that were that were into bodybuilding and fitness and things like that. And it just kind of grew from there. And then uh, uh, once I met the team, I I had a, a a a fair amount of strength, but I. It wasn't until I was on the team and training with the team that I actually started to to develop my potential for weightlifting. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. We're talking to two of the Conquerors. These guys are from the United States. They're in Australia and they are performing and using the opportunity to share the gospel. Now, the Conquerors, these guys are strong men and women, and they do all sorts of strength feats. And we've got one that we're setting up for you in just a few moments and uh, your opportunity to join us live on Facebook if you'd like to do so. Go to our Vision Facebook page where you'll be able to see our uh, stream, our live stream right here into the studio. And for those who are listening in and watching right now, special hello from 2020. Uh, Our two guests, we've got Brick House and Batman. And we're about to do a street, uh, a... a, uh, uh, a feat of strength. Mike, talk us through what happens typically when we do what we're about to do today. Um, well, bending a frying pan is is a very it's a hand strength type of a, a feat of strength. A lot of what we do has to do with grip strength, and basically it's pain endurance because it does hurt because we use various parts of our bodies to brace the feats of strength. And you know, if you're digging into a frying pan, you got to create a tremendous amount of pressure so we get bruised a lot and everything but Yago is going to take that pan and he's got to get it started and once he gets it started he he's got to continue with the momentum you know he can't uh oh, I'm just going to take a break he's got to he's got he's got to go full on huh. so is this one one thing that you do when you get off the plane uh you visit uh, like a a kitchen store and uh, you say yeah. we better get our supplies <laughs> we better get a hold of a whole lot of 
fry pans for our for our feet because this is one of your standard uh, acts. You mm-hmm. you actually have a whole lot of fry pans on hand. Yes, um, we bring uh, certain feats with us, like the hot water bottles and um, horseshoes that we bend. Um, but we get everything in country when we go there, and we usually our hosts usually take us to a store and we get frying pan because there's different grades we don't want something that's dime dime store i don't know if you have them here but really cheap frying pans and anybody can roll and you don't want something that you can't budge so we got to find a mid-level one that's uh that no one the average person is not going to be able to bend but we don't have too much difficulty bending because we're going to be doing a lot of events and uh, we got to preserve our strength and injury prevention also so when you arrive in a new destination, uh, you've got your, your visit to the kitchen store. You're getting your fry yep. pans. Yeah. You've got your visit to the sports store yep. so you can get a hold of uh, baseball, baseball bats. Uh, you've got a visit to uh, the uh, the tiling, uh, the cement uh, concrete suppliers for, uh, for a whole lot of bricks. Yes. I imagine that you need a, a bus or a, some sort of a trailer to take all of this stuff behind you because when you're on tour, when you're traveling, uh, you've got to have it all on hand every time you're performing. Yeah, well, w- what we do is in, when we're doing school assemblies, we don't do any brick breaks there just for that reason. And plus, we want to give them a teaser. You know, we show them what we call hand feats, things that we can do in the hands. And then uh, we invite them to the church or a neutral location or or the, like in this uh, case, the Light of the World event, and then we'll have the bricks there and we'll set up there on, on site. So we don't have to travel everywhere with them. But <laughs> So you'll get the full display at the Light of the World Festival that's happening this weekend yes. on Sunday afternoon, then on Monday afternoon as well as the alternative Christian event uh, for what's happening in uh, the Halloween celebrations. Now talk us through what we're about to see today. We're about to see uh, the rolling up of this fry pan. Yago has been limbering up. Uh, he's uh, He's got his dark glasses on yeah. and, uh, and as you can see, uh, for those who are watching on our Facebook live stream, uh, he's just preparing himself. I guess you've got to prepare yourself mentally. Uh, Yago, um, you know, I don't know whether you can uh, participate in talking us through this as well or whether you're sort of getting into the zone. Uh, but, uh, you know, you've got to prepare yourself, I guess, mentally to be able to do what you're doing. Yep. So, so I'm about to go ahead and get started. It's a brand-new frying pan. See, the price tag is the price tag is still on it and everything. So it's a... It's a that was, that was on Yago's. That's Yago's. Hey, I didn't know you were a musician as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here he goes. Can you see it? All right, get ready. Bending goes. the fry pan. All right. Oh, <laughs> I'm feeling the pain even as you're doing it. Oh, yeah. That. He's got okay. it started. He's got it started. <laughs> Starting to roll the fry pan from one side. He's rolling that over with his left hand, changing hands, the right hand, rolling it into, well, he's about halfway through already. This is yeah. quite incredible, actually. Come on, Yago. Come on. <laughs> All right. Okay, you've turned that fry pan yeah. into a weapon now. Yeah. <laughs> well done. I think a round of applause yeah. for a bunch of people in the studio. That was just pretty impressive stuff. Yago, absolutely amazing. So, whew, bending yeah. the fry pan. Uh, you know, the, the strength that you have to have in your hands, I mean, you know, the strength in your biceps, uh, the mental preparation before you do these sorts of acts. Mike, uh, what do you do to, to prepare? I mean, a lot of people might think, uh, oh, well, you'd be doing some sort of meditation, wouldn't you? Uh, how does God actually become part of what you guys do? Well, you know, there's 
some people will take it to extreme and say it's supernatural things that we're doing and um, it's really not. We're just uh, using our physical strength the way God created us. He's given us uh, the genetics to be strong. And uh, so we have to do our part. You know, we have to work out. We have to take care of our bodies. We do get injured at times. We do fail feats of strength. Um, but we, we use every opportunity to make a message out of it. Like when we fail feats of strength, we say, you know, our physical strength has limitations, um, but our but our relationship with God has no limitations. And um, so God is at the center of everything that we do. Um, but uh, on the physical part, we're just using the gifts that he's gifted us with, and we're using them for his glory. Um, there is a bit of uh, mental preparation. You have to get in the zone, so to speak. And uh, and we uh, we pray quite a bit as a team. You know, we pray before every event, and we just ask the Holy Spirit to help us out and and mo- mostly to keep us from breaking anything besides the feats we're doing, like like our muscles or anything. Interesting to reflect on failing because the opportunity to fail, I guess, is there every time you do a feat of strength. Yes. And you have a saying, Mike, true champions in life are not those who never fail, but those who never give up. So even... Yes. If you've pushed yourself to the limit, and I imagine you're pushing the limits every time you do these feats of strength, uh, there's a message whether you succeed or whether you fail on that moment. Yes, nobody on the team or in life likes to fail. Nobody likes the feeling of it, especially when they're in front of an audience of hundreds, sometimes thousands of people. Um, But it is a part of life, and it's not failing because everyone will fail. It's what you do after you fail that determines whether that will be a learning experience or whether it'll be a hindrance to your growth uh, physically, mentally, and especially spiritually. You know? Yep. Let's come back to Yago and get a bit of a, a bit of an update on how he's feeling because uh, you know, pressure on your on your hands, Yago. Uh, how are you feeling after after bending the fry pan? I feel fine. I feel great. Ready to do another one. <laughs> Ready to do another one. Well, we might organise that for a little later on. Uh, Yago, uh, when you come to doing these feats of strength, uh, your own mental preparation. I mean. You guys probably have a devotional life. You've committed your lives to Christ, to serving him. Uh, and when you get up to perform, I mean, there are some people who are preachers. Well, they've spent time with God to get up and perform. Do you guys have some sort of a regime like that as well? Because your ministry is no less uh, than anyone who might be standing up and preaching the gospel. Uh, that preparation of a life, uh, that uh, devotion to what you do, that's uh, an all-important Im- part of your preparation, no doubt. Absolutely. Um, because I work out so much, uh, so often, because I work out so often, um, I do a lot of my devotionals while I work out, while I train. And um, I pray before I start working out, and I ask God to keep my spirit humble and to keep my ears open to his voice while I'm training because I never want to forget why I'm training. I never want to forget my purpose for what I'm doing, it, and it is for strength ministry. So one of the, I guess, devotionals or main focuses for when we do our feats of strength, we when we put, do our ministry, is I really pray that the Lord uses my mouth to get across what he wants the people in front of me to 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 get what he the message they need to receive right then and there, so that they're not um, blinded by the muscles, blinded by the feats of strength. I don't want that to take away from what 
he wants me to say. So, now have you still got your fry pan handy? Where is that fry pan gone? Uh, I better have a. I better do the uh, the after the bending. Uh, you know, uh, update on on the fry pan. Let me just have a little look at here. All right. Okay. <laughs> uh, Haley's still got our live stream happening. Okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to unbend it. Sure. <laughs> sure. And I can tell you that I cannot unbend it. Uh, but I'm not. I'm not a muscle man. I haven't done this sort of training. But uh, but this is a great little souvenir. Can I have this? Uh, you, don't, you guys don't want to oh, yeah. use this fry pan. Absolutely. <laughs> Makes <laughs> great. What are you guys to bend it back into shape now so we can cook something with it later on? Uh, Mike, just a few minutes leading up to the news, let's come back to the serious side of what you do because it's one thing to be on stage, to be doing something with a feat of strength, another thing to be able to communicate with the audience. Uh, just let us in on what's happening between you and the audience when you start doing these things because uh, kids, teenagers, who are primarily the ones who really are locked into what you do, although I imagine that adults love what you do as well, but this connecting point with the audience, uh, you guys have a wonderful way of really connecting and you do that with your feats of strength. Well, yeah, the obvious thing that draws people is strength because it's a universal language. Every culture, um, you know, they gather in stadiums to watch athletics. and um, But on the point of connection... It um, doesn't matter what culture we're in or um, what the age group is, but everybody in life experiences pain. And so that's a point of contact that we always make is we share our own personal pain so that they see, hey, these guys are real, they have issues, they've, they've gone through some things. And then from that point, we take them to a place of where do you find healing for that pain? Where do you find joy in life instead of the depression or whatever you're going through right now and the answer is Jesus Christ that's the ultimate goal does the pain ever uh, extend uh, to uh, to drawing blood I mean you know when you when you're doing all sorts of stuff uh, is there sometimes if things go wrong I'm not saying oh, yeah. that things go but yep. yeah you've got blood drawn yes. at times we do everything we can do to avoid injury and a lot of these feats of strength are there's no trick to them or gimmick or gag. There's, uh, there is technique, so you have to have technique in order to, uh, to perform these. But there are a lot of injuries that happen. With the brick breaking, we get cuts and scrapes. We even had uh, four team members break their arms and uh, leave cuts, bruise, rip muscles. Yeah, it goes with the territory. It's not a safe occupation. And just a note from Graham Holman in WA who was commenting on the uh, the fry pan uh, thinks it might be good for reheating a doner kebab. <laughs> we're continuing our conversation after Vision National News. We're talking with our special guests from The Conquerors. Our talkback line is open. We'll take some calls after the news if you'd like to interact on 1-800-316-316. Well, our two guests from The Conquerors, Mike Benson, whose nickname is Brick House, and Yago Williams, who's known as Batman because he puts baseball bats across his back and flexes his biceps and breaks those bats. And we've seen a show of strength from Yago, uh, who's known as Batman, in the rolling up of a, uh, a fry pan just a few minutes back. And uh, you guys, uh, just great to have you part of uh, what we're doing here today on 2020. Let me bring you, you back to the, the, the big issue that's happening this weekend. Uh, on Monday, it's going to be Halloween. 
Uh, if I'm asking you, Mike, about uh, Halloween and uh, you're going to be part of an alternative to Halloween in Australia, uh, describe, uh, you know, what Halloween in the US, that's your home country, uh, and uh, here, here it is in Australia. How important is it to have a Christian a slant on what happens for Halloween? Well, Halloween, you know, typically it's marketed as a, a fun, uh, you know, you get candy and dress up as scary things and and uh so it's it's part of our culture and uh, it's very harmless in the eyes of majority of people but there is a deeper and a darker uh significance uh behind halloween kind of like how christians celebrate easter um satanists and witches and people who are really they it's a it's a high holiday for say, satan uh and his worshipers and people who are serious uh seriously into the darkness you know, I've got four children, and they're all grown up now. But over the years, uh, when Halloween has come around, and we've talked about witches, and sometimes people say, oh, it's it's a harmless thing, uh, just talking about witches, dressing up as witches, and that sort of thing that people do on Halloween, until, until you share something very, very straightforward, and, uh, and it just turns the lights on. Witches worship Satan, but we're Christians. Uh, we worship God. Uh, so there is a light and darkness, Iago. Uh, reflect on uh, your feelings about Halloween because there is light and darkness, <clears throat> and somewhere in, somewhere in all of that you've got to draw a line, haven't you, and say, well, uh, if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, uh, I'm not a follower of anyone who wants to point me in a direction away from him. Well, um, that's interesting because uh, I remember having this conversation with a friend of mine, um, his wife, uh, didn't like what I had to say about Halloween. And uh, she's like, well, it's, it's, it's just like Christmas. <laughs> it's just like Christmas for, for kids, except for it's candy. And I was like, that's, that's absolutely not it. And uh, not to get into, well, you can just Google it. <clears throat> um, the, uh, for, for the actual festival is, is kind of like uh, the reason why people dress up as ghouls and ghosts is because they want to look like the dead because this is when, the dead is supposed to visit the earth and kill people. And so if you look like a ghoul or a ghost already, then they just, they, they fly right past you. That's a very, very dumbed down version of, of all of the information that I, that I read for it. And I was like, well, well, this is a celebration of death or participation of death. And so I'm, I'm was really excited uh, when, with the conquerors because we've always done a Halloween alternative. And one of the coolest uh, things I've ever seen uh, being on the team uh, a, a mom tapped me on the shoulder like about three or four years ago while we were at our home church setting up for a big event. And she says, hey, can my son get a picture with you? And I turned around. Her son was dressed up like me. She said that I'm his favorite conqueror. And I'm like, no, dude, can I get a picture with you? And so I was just thinking about like every time I, you know, you know, want to participate in something, I'm always going towards the light, celebrate the light, celebrate the life that God gave us. And I was like really happy. I never set out to be somebody's uh, favorite conqueror or anything like that. But I was thinking as a mom, you know, because I have kids, I have three. If my kids wanted to emulate anybody, I would want them to emulate somebody that's emulating God. So... It's great. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call or two. Let's hear from Josh in Brisbane in Queensland. Hello, Josh. Welcome along to 2020. 
Hey, 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 how's it going? Very well, Josh. What are your thoughts? Man, I love the Conquerors. My church has had them about six years ago, and I, I got born again just after they came, and all I've heard is the hype about them. And I'm really, really excited. Finally get to see them tonight at my church. Yago, Mike, here's an early hello. Going to see you tonight and shake your hand, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Look forward up, to it. Well, you know, there's... Awesome. Uh, Josh, you're fruit of, in some respects, fruit of the ministry of these guys. Uh, Mike, yes, must be heartening, it. heartening to hear from someone like uh, from Josh. Yeah, it's you know we travel the world extensively, and and we've seen hundreds of thousands of people come to Jesus. And after a while, you know, it can become, uh, you know, when you see so many masses of people and you they raise their hands, when there's no real personal connection to hear a story like Josh. Um, it really motivates us and inspires us, and uh, it gives us hope because uh, it shows us this is this is just one of the thousands of lives we're we're reaching every year. Yago, I imagine uh, that it is such an inspiration for you to get up and perform and uh, just go another day uh, to to bend another fry pan uh, to break another bat. When you hear these sorts of stories, uh, people like Josh calling in. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the reason why we do it. Josh from Brisbane, thank you so much for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. You might like to interact with our guests, uh, their nicknames, Brickhouse and Batman. Uh, 1-800-316-316. Mary Ann is in Brisbane. Hello, Mary Ann. Welcome along. Hi, how are you? Very well, Mary Ann. What are your thoughts? Um, it's great you guys can bend fry pans. It's wonderful. I was just um, referring to Halloween. Yep. What are your thoughts and, on Halloween? Yeah, and Christians and the dispute. Um, I just want you to know that people dress up in Halloween outfits or dress their children in Halloween outfits is because of an old saying where evil would pass over and if they could only see their kind, they couldn't eat their kind. Mm-hmm. But if you dress your child as an angel or as something perfect, then naturally the wicked or the evil would want that one thing that's there. So mm-hmm. the whole reason was for disguise, not mm-hmm. for morbidity. Uh, yes, and uh, I've heard those that's sorts of things thing. before. Uh, Mike, you've got some thoughts uh, for Marianne? Uh, yes. Um, I think... Uh that there's a lot of um the enemy he his number one tool or his number one game is deception and right. uh he you know it starts off as hiding people from things like that but the bottom line is is the enemy is here to steal kill and destroy and he'll do anything he can to get people's focus and attention off of Christ i mean even mm-hmm. even in covering your kids so that evil spirits will We'll pass them by. There's only one way that you can truly keep anyone safe, and that's by the blood of Jesus. Um, because you know the enemy, he's he's already been defeated, and uh, he he. I think it's a it's a good reflection of how he is. He he's always behind a mask or disguise. He disguises himself as an angel of light, and he's always a deceiver. 
Thank you so much to Mary Ann from Brisbane for your inputs. One eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. If you'd like to join our conversation today, in fact, I'm just reminded of a conversation I had last week uh, with a lady who has formed another uh, alternative opinion about uh, directions that people go with Halloween, and she's got to, she's made a, a bit of a change and called it Halloween. H a l o n, and like the saying that she has is. Dress white, be bright, and uh, and it's a great twist on that. And uh, and and they're not going to door to door doing the trick or treating, asking for uh, as you guys call it, candy, or chocolates, and those sorts of things. They're actually going door to door and giving a gift to people. So there's a there's a twist that you can bring uh, to Halloween, which uh, which brings a real alternative, and you can actually be a minister of the gospel in the middle of all of that. You were going to say something, Yago. Uh, well, no, I was I was back on her point, you know, <laughs> dressing up, but 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 towards uh, the the general participation uh, of Halloween, um, if I was going to dress my kids up as anything to fear death, isn't that celebrating the opposite of what Christ died for? He came that we would have life and have it abundantly. Yeah, I guess there's lots of different things we can talk about uh, with Halloween. I mean, some people say, well, it's uh, it's on the eve of All Hallows Day. And uh, there are some issues in the church calendar by which people uh, say that the 1st of November is uh, All Hallows Day or All Saints Day. And uh, and there's all sorts of things. I'm not familiar with all of the intricacies of that. But, uh, but there certainly are good reasons for Christian believers to do something as an alternative to what this culture that has been growing in Australia with Halloween has been presenting and shaping our children. We are taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Charlene in Fulham. Hello, Charlene. Welcome along. Good morning. How are you? Very well. Charlene, what are your thoughts? Well, obviously, I'm an American, and I married an Australian, and I came, and I love the culture, but they're throwing it away for garbage. Okay, and you're talking about Halloween, of course. Uh, Absolutely. My children, I didn't really allow them to participate, and I find it interesting that people want to protect their children, but yet they're willing to dress them up and take part in in this ritual that comes from the northern hemisphere, and they're encouraging them to knock on strangers' doors for treats. Uh, let's hear from Mike, because it seems to me that as soon as commercial operations get a hold of this and you can sell costumes and you can sell lollies and you can sell all sorts of things, that it becomes something that's driven by marketing campaigns. But, uh, but you know what? The gullible amongst us uh, will want to get involved in that, but there is a sinister side and you have to be able to draw a line somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And why would you encourage your children to participate in that? Yeah, the uh, the secular culture, it's all about one thing, and that's money. And uh, they there's definitely marketing for that because you know they sell costumes and everything and candy by the boatloads. And uh, but they don't they don't really have people's best interests, like you brought up safety issues. Having kids knock on doors and of strangers' house, except, um, it, it it pre-programs them to say it's okay to receive something from a stranger because uh, maybe a stranger's driving his car and say, "Hey, you want a candy bar? Here you go." Uh, 
Yeah. I'm, I'm just uh, thank you so much to uh, Shailene. Thank you for being part of 2020 today. Uh, in fact, uh, at this Light of the Worlds uh, festival that you guys are going to be performing at this weekend on Sunday afternoon and then on Monday, which is the actual Halloween time, an alternative to Halloween, uh, we're going to be there. Uh, uh, Vision is going to be there. We're going to have uh, all sorts of things set up, and we're going to be giving out. Uh, some sample bags at that festival. I've got one of them here. You might like to open that, Mike. Mm. Uh, but actually, we're doing the the handing out of the candy. We've got there's a there's a there's a Fredo frog in there. What else is in there? There's um, oh, packet of Smith packet of Smiths chips. crisps chips. Oh, uh, we've got uh, you. If you're at this festival, if you're in Southeast Queensland, you'll meet Mike. Uh, you meet Dave Beard who was uh, going to be part of our stall, uh, you'll be able to get a hold of our devotional, which is the magazine for young people, uh, the Vision 180 magazine. Of course, you might be familiar with Vision 180, uh, streaming on the radio, our youth uh, stream of Christian radio. And that devotional goes along with it. And so in that sample bag that will be handed out on the time, uh, there's stickers, there's, uh, as we said, the chips, and there's all sorts of goodies in that bag. So we're going to actually doing doing the, the handing out of some uh, some good things for those who are attending that Light of the World Festival. Uh, our two guests are from what is known as the Conquerors. Our guests are uh, Batman and Brickhouse. Uh, Mike Benson is Brickhouse. Iago Williams is Batman. These guys do feats of strength and they have the opportunity to share the gospel. They're going to be at the Light of the World Festival this coming Sunday. They've got a number of other dates too that they are going to be at in southeast Queensland. I'll mention those very quickly. The Dunamis Tanamira, they have a youth rally there on uh, tonight. Uh, that starts at 6.30. Glory City West Side on Sunday morning. Then next week at Church One uh, on Friday uh, next week. And then at Dunamis North Side on Sunday next week. We're back to continue our conversation. We'll draw some loose ends together in just a short while. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Brickhouse and Batman, our guests on 2020 today, they're a part of The Conquerors. There is a Conquerors website. It's theconquerors.net. There's also a website for the Light of the World Festival we've been talking about. Uh, just simply Google Light of the World Festival. And for those listeners in southeast Queensland, you'll be able to access that opportunity to see The Conquerors in action, those feats of strength. We are taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's here from Wendy in Brisbane. Hello, Wendy. Welcome along. Yes, just um, reading the Word of God about finally, my brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are honourable, whatever things are just, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, whatever things are pure, and if there be anything worthy of praise and think about such things, think on these things and Really, I guess that the Halloween uh, is just absolutely everything other than that. And um, I was just saying, for people that don't go to the um, to that, what is happening in Logan, where I live, a lot of young children knock at the doors. And I've last couple of times that I've been home, I've been giving out. I've got beautiful pictures with scriptures on them and I tell them Jesus loves them and if I'm here and I think that's a really great um, 
time of witnessing. We don't have to fear these things. It's a time of witnessing. Wendy, you are sharing some absolute treasures there because when someone knocks on your door, you don't want to tell those kids that they are, in fact, evil, uh, but take the opportunity to have a gift on hand and, as you say, attract or something that will be a blessing to those children who knock on the door that might just gently uh, reveal to them uh, that there is an alternative, uh, that they could follow Christ. Uh, Wendy, thank you so much for your call today on 2020. Let's take another call. One more, Newitt, who is in Adelaide. Hello, Newitt. Welcome along. Yes, uh, Neil, I just want to um, say something as well about Halloween. I have a whole basket all prepared, beautifully done in cellophane and uh, with all the beautiful tracks from the Lutheran children tracks and the lollies in it and some verses that Jesus loved little children, and I let the little children come to me. and Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as thee. And I got it all beautiful and the whole basket ready because I got in my areas a lot of children. And uh, so they came, and they now can have a beautiful um, uh, little pack each with all the tracks in it. And also my church runs a lot of activities for children. So I put the tracks on my church um, um, activities for the children for them as well. Knew it, you are a champion of the faith. Uh, well done in preparing something in advance that you're going to be blessing those children with when they knock on your door on Halloween and you're going to introduce them to your local church. I mean, this is the sort of thing that every local church ought to be uh, taking a hold of as an opportunity to outreach because kids will knock on the door How about introducing your children's church, your Sunday school, whatever ministry that you have for children, might be afternoon clubs. Uh, Take the opportunity because on Monday, kids will be knocking on the door and you can put your best foot forward. Thank you so much, Newitz. Uh, We're only just a few minutes out from needing to uh, close our conversation. Uh, Let me just come to you, Mike, because when you guys, as the conquerors, come to a new community, you've got a strategy in your hearts. It's not just a turning up for a performance. Uh, Just uh, give us a a little bit of insight into the strategy that you have. Yes, well, as evangelists in an evangelical organization, um, we are a tool in church's hands, basically. And so we help churches bridge gaps between elements of the community that might not usually darken the doorstep of a church. Um, the feats of strength help with that. But we, uh, we, we target a community by finding a rallying point. And we found that everybody rallies around young people. So if they find out that uh, a church or a group of churches is bringing in this team and they're going to be doing secular motivational, helping kids make right choices, stay off drugs and things like that. People rally around that, and it helps the community to see the church in a different light. Um, And then uh, from those school assemblies, we invite them to the the bigger event at the church, and those students will come, but a lot of times the students have to bring their parents with them, and it's a family event. And so we've seen whole families come to know the Lord Jesus at these events, and uh, We've seen stereotypes broken and shattered, and, and we've seen a lot of uh, healing in communities and things like that. So you know, we're very strategic in what we do as far as that aspect goes. You're spending this next week in southeast Queensland. Are you going further afield uh, in your tour? Uh, no, we're, we're, we're staying here and we're targeting uh, this area and uh, um, our friends that brought us in um, and the churches that we're working with, we're, we're focusing right there.
Okay, well, let me just quickly run through where you're going to be. Uh, you're going to actually, uh, after our conversation today, you'll be actually going to a school, uh, the Woodridge State School. Uh, tonight, you're speaking and doing all of your uh, feats of strength at the Dunamis Tanamira. There's a youth rally on there tonight. Starts at 6.30. You're at Glory City Westside on Sunday morning. Uh, from 9am, of course, the Light of the World Festival is on Sunday afternoon and then on Monday afternoon again as well at the Mabel Sta- Park State School, Mabel Park State School, and uh, then uh, next week at Church One, next Friday, and Dunamis Northside. That's coming up next, s- this, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. Uh, to both of you, gentlemen, and uh, to the whole team uh, who are going to be doing some great stuff in southeast Queensland, Mike Benson, who is... A brick House, and Mike's book is called Mike Benson, More Than a Conqueror, tells his story from bank, rob- bank robber to evangelist. And Yago Williams, who's nicknamed Bats or Batman, who breaks baseball bats across his back using his biceps. Uh, to both of you gentlemen, thank you so much for taking some time to share your hearts with us today here on 2020. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It was us. our pleasure. Yep. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.